alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. Hello and welcome to the 33rd annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody and I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you doing? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not too bad. You know, uh, I wouldn't be a true Midwesterner if I didn't mention that it is starting to get cold as balls out here. Uh, What's... What's the weather like out in old Arizona? Uh, actually, it was kind of fucking cold as balls here too. Uh, me and uh, me and my brother went out for our six thirty smoke break, and we ended up just going back inside. It was that so cold. cold. What's yeah. cold like sixty? Uh, it was sixty. It was sixty one degrees at noon. So at six thirty in the morning, it was probably like forty. Oh damn. Yeah, it was like, and it was windy too. Wind was fucking cutting through. You know, uh, I don't know if you remember how fun raking leaves is, but we're right (laughs) in the meat grinder of having to fucking go outside and just rake about four times. And, well, actually, we don't rake them. We just run them over the lawnmower and mulch them all up. Seems to be the easiest way to do it. Yep. (laughs) But uh, I suppose you don't have to do too much of that down in old Arizona, huh? No, well, we get uh, we get trees that shed real bad. Like they're uh, like not much like leaves, but all these trees flower really bad, uh, and all of the flowers, like all of the bushes, um, like flower, and then all of the petals like hit the ground. So I live in apartments now, so I don't do shit. Mm. <laughs> we have we have uh, people for that. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to ask you, Phil, were you a big X-Files fan? Uh, not as much when it was on, but later on. I've watched um, I probably total like a season, a season or two. Really? See, yeah. it's it's my new nighttime show, like it's my before bed show. Uh, and so I, I would love to get through every single episode, okay? There's like 24 episodes and like 13 seasons so I've got a ways to go. I, I recently watched the one about the Jersey Devil. Have you ever seen that one? No, I haven't. So they transformed the fucking Jersey Devil into basically like a prehistoric woman that has like superhuman strength and eats people. It's very strange. I'm not really even sure what to make of it, but it's very strange. Are they sure that she wasn't a Catholic school teacher? <laughs> that sounds like a Catholic school teacher. Well, she was naked. I don't. Can Catholic stu- school teachers run around naked with uh, disheveled <laughs> hair and like leaves everywhere in their hair? I don't think they should. <laughs> <laughs> I should. They might, a- I should ask you. I, I spoke about this on the Bubba Bubba podcast, and um, one of the episodes. I think it might have been like episode two. They're investigating like you know secret Air Force ships and planes and all this shit and the air force is blocking the fbi from investigating them is that is that like the law like the fbi cannot investigate military affairs well i think it would depend on what the fbi was trying to investigate okay so Um, so the premise is basically there is a air forceman who like shows up at his house with a whole bunch of like burns and shit all over his body and he kind of has amnesia and they're kind of investigating what's wrong with him because it seems like they're mistreating the soldiers, but the Air Force is like blocking them from looking in anything. Yeah, I think with something like that, I guess it would be, um, well, there would obviously be internal investigations, but I would think that the FBI would be trying to investigate that. I don't see why it would be under their jurisdiction, though. I don't. I don't. I obviously it's a fictional show. Yeah, it's a fictional show. But it just made me wonder, like, if that is actually a thing. Like, you can't investigate military things. 
like from the yeah, federal if there, government. If there was an airman who was um, like accused of murder, then I would imagine the FBI would investigate. Yeah. I think this is more like if the the government was up to some fishy shit and then the FBI was looking into it, but they didn't want them oh. to look into it, obviously. Yeah. If it was something had something to do with like top secret Anything like that, they'd probably just tell him to get fucked. But, like, no, top secret, go away. <laughs> well, basically, in the show, they pull him over, and of course, it's like men in black destroying all their cameras and all that shit, so. Yeah, the OSI. <laughs> it's funny because, like, you and I used to sit and watch Californication, and that's basically how I remember uh, David Duchovny. So when he seems yeah. like a young man on the X Files, and he's not just like sleeping with everything in sight or doing drugs, uh, it's hard to take him out of that character. It's always funny because when I watch the X Files later on after Californication, I always imagine like David Duchovny, like before he became a writer and a booze hound and a whore. Like I imagine that he was like had this job with the FBI looking up the X-Files shit. He got burnt out. <laughs> and, then, and then he like became a writer. <laughs> Actually, it would almost work full circle because he could be in the X-Files discovering every uh, secrets, working on all those secret cases. Then he became a writer and a booze hound. And then after that was over, then he went back to the X-Files again because I think just last year they started a brand new season of the X-Files. Yeah, they need to bring Californication back. That was a uh, great show. It it was very funny, but man, it uh, I think it kind of burnt itself out. It started to get just really like Jesus Christ. We just get on with it. Like they're dragging out the same problem over and over and over again. It's just like, ugh, god damn it. Um, yeah. The uh, I was gonna ask you something really right. quick before we get started. Do you remember like when we were growing up in school? Uh, do you remember when they used to have chili for lunch? Oh, yeah. So do you remember what they always served with chili? Uh, the cinnamon roll. Yeah. So um, we're doing something at work where we're kind of having a little potluck deal. And one of my coworkers said that he was bringing chili. And I said, oh, it'd be good if I brought like cinnamon rolls then. Thinking like, oh, yeah, everyone's had this. Turns out outside of Iowa – like no one like puts chili and cinnamon rolls together as like a thing that you have, you know, with each other. It's funny you mention that because in this household, uh, you best believe that my sister is obsessed with chili and cinnamon rolls. So, you know, maybe once a month or something like that, we always cook up chili and cinnamon rolls. And then it's fun to like invite new people over and be like, dude, you, you got to try the chili and cinnamon rolls. It's just like. It sounds weird, but it's yeah. absolutely delicious together. They ask me how, like, you eat it. Like, like, what do you eat first? Do you eat the chili first? Do you eat the cinnamon roll? And I was like, no, you pull apart the cinnamon roll, you dip it in the chili, and you eat it. And it, they, they sounded like their reaction made it sound like I just mentioned, like, eating a bowl of shit or something <laughs> like that. Like, they couldn't believe it. But I'm, like, I'm bringing two dozen fucking cinnamon rolls, and they're going to try it. So we'll see how they take it. Dude, Garrett, everybody who we've talked into trying it loves it. So it's a very unique combo and it sounds gross, but like the mixture of like hearty and sweet, I don't know, just something's very delicious about it. Uh, one last quick note here. Uh, so I like to make homemade cinnamon rolls. Mm -hmm. And the last time I made them, you need this mixture that's called uh, hot what the fuck is it? Hot bread mix or hot something mix. And, of course, uh, my grandma used to have it because she used to bake a lot. And when she passed away, we got, like, her remnants of what was left of it. And I made awesome cinnamon rolls. So I'm like, okay, I just need to find this fucking bag and I can make some awesome cinnamon rolls. Because we literally just had this dish, like, two weeks ago. And I'm searching high and low in every grocery store around here. I cannot fucking find it anywhere. So I don't know if it's just, like... You have to special order it, or I don't. I don't know. I I think we talked about this in last week's episode. They may have discontinued that in the eighties. Probably, so. that's true. <laughs> you, gotta, you might have to look high and low. Like <laughs> maybe at the Denton Bent, there might be some. I feel like a long time ago, my grandma mentioned that you had to buy it from like a. Uh, remember, they had like Hostess stores or like bread stores. Do you remember those? 
Yeah, yeah, I do. Like, she almost made a... I feel like I remember her saying that you had to go to, like, a special bread store to, like, find the shit, but it's it, it's so good. If you can find it, it's so good. It makes delicious cinnamon, cinnamon rolls. They're so just uh, gooey and good. It's so good. Anyway, yeah. let's... uh. Let's get in here. We are we've had a long banter today, so let's uh let's dive into the conspiracy word I'm sure everybody is just dying to hear. And All right. Let's hit it. <laughs> and uh it, it's my week and you know what? We've been we've been lacking a little bit, so I wanted to go back to UFOs and aliens. So I literally looked up like lesser known alien crashes or some shit like that. Um, and I happened to find one that actually was in your temporary temporary homeland of England, which is pretty exciting. Have you heard of the Howden Moor incident? I think it's Howden or Howden, one of the two. You ever heard of that place? No, I haven't. Okay. So it actually didn't happen that long ago. And it's kind of a vague case. It's one of a, it's a vague case, but it has a lot of like, that doesn't make sense to it. So we begin our journey on Tuesday, March 24th, 1997. The, the Eccles police station would be flooded with calls around 10 p.m. Reports of a, quote, small plane flying extremely low to the ground were coming in one after the other. Most of the calls were from residents of the small village of Boulderstone, which overlooks the Howden Moors in the Sheffield Peak District border. The most important detail was the small plane had disappeared over the horizon, followed by a, quote, flash and several plumes of smoke, which right now just sounds like a plane crashing or something, right? Nothing too suspicious. Um, Have you heard of any of these areas? Like Sheffield no. or the Peak District, Boulderstone. It kind of sounds like the Shire. Like <laughs> I'm not really sure. All the hobbits are living there. Well, I'm assuming the Moors, are they like all over England or are they kind of in a designated spot? Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the Moors are. Well, it's basically just a swamp. Kind of a swamp area. Um, Do you remember that... Uh, that town with the big cathedral that we used to uh, have to take the train to yeah. to go to London. Yeah. That uh, that whole area was actually like um, wetlands that they have uh, that they're actually currently draining out. Um, oh, really? Ely. Well, yeah. uh, the, the moors, I think more or less are just kind of swampy, grassy areas. Um, allegedly, yeah. it's where all the fairies and all the mystical creatures get you. You know, yeah. and that's where that's where all the spirit magical animals are hiding and all that. So uh, it's fun. It's a fun area. So anyway, then the call started flooding in from the South York- Yorkshire and Derbyshire police, basically detailing the same same reports as before. So the police figured uh, maybe we should do something. So they decided to uh, mobilize 40 police officers and they would have the fire department and ambulance on call just in case they needed them. So obviously with these reports coming in, they checked and the military, civilian and commercial airports reported that they had no planes flying over the area or no, no planes reported flying over the area. And they also said that nothing was showing up on their radars. Okay. All right. So, but what they did find from the British geological survey was that a, what they called a sonic boom of sorts had taken place around the time of the alleged crash. Um, this sonic boom thing is going to become important. I don't know how common it is to be like, oh, we just had a sonic boom. No big deal. Like, don't you think there always has to be a source for the sonic boom to be coming from? Yeah, you would think uh, there would have to be some kind of plane in the area. Um, trying to think... The, you said 1997? Yeah, 97. I think the Concorde was still like pretty big, like flying out of uh, like France and London at that time. Yeah, but wouldn't that... Okay, is that a plane loud enough to make like a sound, sonic boom noise or like what is that exactly? The Concorde, I'm pretty sure that went like at least faster than Mach 1. 
Like, really? So it was, yeah, it, it went fast enough to make a sonic boom. So is Mach 1 basically you're breaking the sound barrier, right? Yeah, faster than the speed of sound. Okay. I mean, maybe, but the the weird part about this whole thing so far is that it's a low-flying plane, so it shouldn't be going that fast. Like, it's a really, oh, yeah. really, really low-flying plane. So yeah, it, the Concorde flew extremely high up, uh, up in the atmosphere. Yeah. So it wouldn't be that, yeah. So do, do like, uh, four, uh... 747s and all that, do they not go that fast? No, no, they don't go that fast. Uh, <laughs> well, fast is, so how fast I, is Mach 1? Like 700 miles an hour, right? It's Yeah, it's 700 and I think 760 something. But no, commercial airplanes, they like no, normal, um, like an airliner, like wouldn't go that fast. Yeah, so. I'd say they're like, what, 500 to 550 miles an hour, something like that. Yeah, you would need a fighter jet, um, mm. something uh, that fast. To <laughs> or, break or Barry Sotiro's, uh time machine, perhaps. Yeah, the Glocka. <laughs> <laughs> I that would I'd be the happiest man alive if I got to see Barry Sotiro flying around in the Glocka. That'd make my day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. He might make your day literally. <laughs> <laughs> I think when we finally get to the point of having like a subliminal deception t-shirt or something we have to put barry satiro on there right yeah it'd be great if we had a a picture of diglaka with like obama and gordon ramsay like poking their heads out like waving at people that'd be great (laughs) not waving (laughs) flicking them off oh yeah that'd be good too (laughs) they're mean people phil you don't forget that that's true so anyway back to the story here so south yorkshire's police chief uh christine burberry she was in charge of the search. Um, they they had to mention this, that it seems like the police officers from Derbyshire, uh, they just said, no, nah, we're not going to help you. I don't know if they're just feeling lazy that day, but they uh, they didn't care enough to help anybody. So, uh, Sorry, mate. It's tea time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm four Jamesons in, mate, and I can't get up. <laughs> we got Man City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got Defender title. The West Yorkshire police would deploy their search helicopter to scour the moors um, all along the sides of the county border. So despite circling the area several times, they couldn't find any signs of a crash or disturbance or anything. Like, it doesn't make sense where the noise was coming from. It doesn't seem like anything happened. But now here's where it starts to get a little more eyebrow raising. So after that, it was about midnight, and the RAF released the Sea King helicopter to join the search, and they began to patrol the grounds as well. Now, the RAF was seemingly conducting their own investigation separate from the police. Sometime shortly after midnight, the operations were treated as a, quote, air crash, and the Royal Hallamshire Hospital in Sheffield was put on notice to receive, quote, multiple casualties, and it, and though this report seemed to have came from the RA, RAF itself, which is weird that they would request that when the police can't seem to find anything. Now, the police were also on foot. They gathered over 200 people consisting of police, emergency response workers, search dogs, volunteers, and they scoured a 50-square-mile area that uh, con- uh, that went on for over 15 hours, but they couldn't locate a single thing. But the police... That's, th- a, that's that? a lot of breaks to go to the pub. <laughs> 15 hours? They must have had at least 13 pub breaks in there. <laughs> so they had 200 people, and they had 20 uh, designated drivers. I'm getting out of that. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like those 15-passenger vans just loaded up to fit the most inebriated people possible in there. Yeah, they were British cars, so you know they're going to be tiny little things. (laughs) Yeah, you don't like them tiny cars, do you? Well, I mean, they're nice to drive around those London fucking towns, but (laughs) not out here. I wouldn't drive one of those out here. Where every every two-lane highway is like a one-way street, basically. Yeah, you could fit maybe like a horse carriage (laughs) down those two-lane streets. So... The ironic thing was that obviously 
The police is uh, is searching the area. The RAF is searching the area. But calls keep flooding in uh, to the police department. Uh, so many so, actually, that they actually began to set up a specialized phone line just for the reports of this incident. Um, I believe this is people who are just delaying calling in or reporting what they saw. It's not like they keep seeing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You got to imagine, like, if you did see something, it'd probably take you a while to first, like, actually believe that you yourself saw it. And second, get over the fear that, like, you're going to have the stigma, you know? Yeah. Like, you think, or they have to sober up a little bit before they call the police. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to call him plastered. <laughs> so are you drunk? No. I've only had two bre- I've only had two pints. <laughs> well go back to the pub and get yourself proper pissed. <laughs> <laughs> then call us back. I messed that up. They would have asked, Are you pissed, mister? Are you pissed? <laughs> are, you, are you drunk enough to be making this report? <laughs> Did you did you ever catch on with that lingo? I don't think I ever heard you start using the word pissed. No, I didn't. I refused. <laughs> You're not going to catch on to the British lingo, huh? No, that's good. <laughs> so now, even though they didn't find any sort of sign of a crash or injured people at all, around 7 a.m. the following morning, March 25th, 1997, the RAF set up a 10-mile radius that they deemed the, quote, dangerous flying zone. This is believed this would prevent any sort of an aircraft uh, from flying over the area, which included news helicopters and any sort of commercial airliner from, like, entering anywhere within that area. Now, apparently, if it is actually a crashed plane or something... This is a completely normal thing to do, but the fact that they didn't find any sort of crash or anything, or at least they weren't reporting anything, that's where people are like, okay, why are they setting this up if there's no crash? Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it's almost like like they they found something and they don't want to the, tell anybody. Yeah, on the one hand, they found it and they're totally telling, like internally, they're telling everyone to get ready. But then on, to the outside world, they're like, oh, yeah, no, nothing to see here. In fact, uh, there's so much nothing to see here. Don't fly over the area. <laughs> like It's so boring here. Just fly around it. It's so boring here. Don't even you'll look You'll die of boredom. Yeah. Just- <laughs> it's like the golden tablets that Joseph Smith saw. If you look here, your head will blow off your shoulders. It's just it's what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're so worried about you dying of boredom that we're going to shoot Sidewinder missiles at you. If you come into the area. <laughs> This is for your own safety, sir. I don't care if you're goddamn Gordon Ramsay with a delicious souffle. You stay the fuck out of this area, sir. <laughs> now, the effects of this no-flying zone were quite significant. The Manchester or- Airport, for example, had to, quote, stack their planes for several hours at increasingly high altitudes until the uh, restrictions ended later that evening. Um, I feel like stacking makes sense. But I'm not entirely sure. I just kept envisioning like a bunch of airplanes basically becoming a transformer. I I don't know why. <laughs> like a fucking like a uh goddamn Power Ranger Megazoid. Like did you just like stack- Power Ranger Megazord. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's good actually. But uh but okay, so I'm assuming that this area is around Manchester then. Yeah, it's what it sounds like. Um I think that Stacking is when they fly in a circle, like over the airport, isn't it? Is that what it is? Uh, I don't know. Uh, flight attendants or pilots, uh, email us and let us know what the fuck stacking yeah. is. <laughs> we I'm could not Google, Google it. We could Google <laughs> it, but uh, it's funner getting emails. So, uh, so yeah. So anyway, is Manchester is like kind of smack dab in the middle of England, correct? Uh, I I've never actually been there. Mm. Um. I know it's, I think it's northwest of London, but I'm not exactly sure. I feel like Manchester always has like the most angry sounding uh, tone of the British accent. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think (laughs) uh, that's very, I think it's like considered a very blue collar accent. Ah, really? Yeah. I kind of like it. From what I've heard. I kind of like it, but it sounds very aggressive. Yeah. 
So back to this here. Following the lift. It's, oh, sorry. It's the Bostonian accent <laughs> of one. It's just if you hear someone from Boston speak, you just think they're angry. It's just like that. The uh, I could imagine the Manchester's uh, because they have what two big soccer clubs there. I think uh, there's a little bit of tension in that city. Yeah, <laughs> they like to uh, hit each other with beer bottles and shit. <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh, That's true. <laughs> following Steelers. the. Li- <laughs> Following the lift on the restricted flying zone, the police released a report that no plane crash or casualties were found, and it was deemed to be just a random sonic boom event. Uh, I I just don't understand how you're like, "Ah, mate, it's just a sonic boom. Don't worry about it. Like, what what does that even mean? Maybe uh, a random sonic boom event, like, like a meteor. Something like that? I feel like meteorite, that, maybe? I, I feel like that would be important to tell the public if a fucking meteor just crashed in there. Yeah, that <laughs> might make the news. Do you do you remember uh, Guile from uh, uh, Street Fighter? Yeah, I His do. His sonic boom attack. <laughs> yeah, it was a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that too loud because it's like <laughs> supposedly one of the worst movies ever fucking made. I know. Here's a here's a joke. Uh, but <laughs> I'm right pretty sure we head. watched that movie. We may have watched that movie like 25 times. Uh, so. I'm gonna. I give it a bump because it has Van Damme in it. Yeah, that's just me. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Chief Inspector Burberry uh, would have to go on to defend her actions, and uh, she she made this statement. My concern was that we could have had about eight people from a crashed aircraft lying on the more seriously injured. It was exceedingly it was an exceedingly cold night, and we had to find them straight away. Now, this sounds like generic bullshit government stuff. So a lot of people think that her superiors were telling her, Hey, just tell them you just thought it was a plane crash and like nothing actually happened. So they think that she was just taking the blame for the cover up or whatever, if that makes sense. You know, we've heard this before. Like you were talking about with uh, Air, or, uh, Roswell. That guy yeah. was basically just a fucking like guy who's going to just yeah. take the brunt of the blame. Just now, get out there and be our poster for this. <laughs> yeah. Just deny everything. Don't worry about it. We, you'll, get a, you'll get a good pension, miss. Um, <laughs> you know what? You're a woman. They'll forgive you for it. <laughs> so w- the uh, funny thing is a lot of the other Yorkshire police, um, because in the end, obviously they said it was a sonic boom event and in their files, it's still listed as an unexplained event. Now, a lot of the police officers who are working that day or still work there, they believe that there's a big chunk of the story that's missing here like there's a something that happened but they won't tell anybody what exactly happened now our next section we're going to be jumping into the basically citizens reports of what they were seeing so i know a lot of the main opening sections kind of vague it's a lot of the same bullshit like they think there was a crash, but they can't find anything, and they think the RAF is hiding something. But now we're going to go into the lovely people of England's uh, witness reports here. I had a I had a quick question. You said this happened during, was it 1997? Yep. That was actually like a pretty, like, like as far as like UFO sightings go, that was a pretty big year for UFO sightings. Was it like, really? Like a lot well, reported. I know that was the Arizona Lights was 1997, oh. I believe. Oh, that's cool. Oh. I didn't even think about that. That was in I'm, August, though, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that there was like quite a few that year, like around the world. Like, I have heard that that time was like elevated as far as like UFO sightings go. That makes That makes sense. I completely forgot about that one. And the Phoenix Lights is like one of the craziest ones. Was your brother living there at the time that happened? He was, but I don't think he... I know he knows people who saw it, but I don't think he actually saw it himself. Ah, that sucks. That'd be so cool to experience that. Dude, that's all I would fucking talk about to anyone (laughs) I ever met. What's funny is like, so that obviously happened and I've seen at least three 
found footage horror films based completely around the Phoenix Lights. And I can only imagine how many other like movies or documentary documentaries have been made about the Phoenix Lights. Like that is such a crazy event that has like oh, literally yeah. no explanation. What did the what did the military say say they were flares? Flares, yeah, dropped from uh, Davis Motham, like the airplanes coming out from there, <laughs> or from Luke. But I, I feel like flares don't just hover in the air for that long. Yeah, they. I think they claim that they were like on parachutes, like they were the battlefield, like to light up a battlefield. There was those kind of flares. Ah, uh, so they would like basically just kind of float down. Yeah, I'm not buying it. They might as well yeah. said they're just fucking putting strobe lights up there. Yeah, kind of what you were saying about, like, the documentaries and all the movies made about it. Like, I'm pretty sure if you go onto YouTube, you can find, like, a lot of shitty documentaries about that topic. <laughs> shitty? There's not a <laughs> shitty documentary on YouTube, is there? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. They're all solid gold in their own way. It's, uh... <laughs> I, uh, I found a delectable little nugget that I think you would enjoy, Phil. It's called <laughs> My Scientology Movie. My oh, sci nice. my Scientology movie. Oh my god, it's I can't get enough of those people, man. I just love they're just sit there filming each other and they're like just being so passive aggressive with each other. It's so annoying and funny. Those people yeah. are nuts. Anyway, uh let's get on to the witness reports. So reports would surface of visits from quote men in black as well as burnt, scorched areas of land, apparently covered over the moors themselves. Other rumors would speak of low-lying trucks removing covered objects out of the moors, as well as persistent surveillance from unmarked black helicopters. Um, I don't know, does a black helicopter make it a secret helicopter all of a sudden? I, I don't know, what do you think? You always, every time you hear like a secret helicopter, it's always a black helicopter. <laughs> like, it's always on some special operation. Like, I think they sometimes need helicopters are just black, you know? Like, maybe that's just their favorite color. Um, I feel, be. I feel like, may, wouldn't that be sweet if like the military, their covert, like their most secret chopper was like neon green? <laughs> like, it was like the brightest color you could ever imagine. Like, it literally blinds you when it's approaching. If their secret helicopter actually looked like the ones from uh, The Sixth Man, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> flying around. Yes. Uh, I think that's the sixth day, isn't it? Is it the sixth day? Yeah. Oh, The Sixth Man is a sports thing. Yeah, the sixth <laughs> day. You're correct. Yeah, the cover has him with those little goggles on or whatever. Yeah, those were some sweet helicopters in there, though. You know that new Terminator movie? Yeah. Um. So... When I was reading, like, the, quote, critics' reviews, they were all giving it, like, pretty high, and I just heard today from somebody that it's, like, a steaming pile of shit, so, I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand how Terminator 2 can actually, like, look better visually than that brand new Terminator that just came out. <laughs> like, how do you digress that bad? I don't know. I, apparently, James Cameron's just a good director. I don't fucking know. You I just don't want know. the money. Yeah, more. I think back in those days, that motherfucker had so much goddamn money to make his movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway, one particular gritty rumor spread that workers from Yorkshire Water witnessed several black body bags that were being taken on board a Sea King helicopter. Um, they were then transferred to a vehicle waiting that resembled an ambulance. Now... If they were putting aliens in these body bags, why would they put them in an ambulance? Yeah, you would think that they would just throw them in the back of any old truck. I just, I don't know. Maybe they, do you think if aliens are real and the government has worked with them, any government in the world, do you think that they actually have like a specialized medical center for them? Um, well, I mean, if they were, if they were bagging them up, they're probably dead. So they're just taking them to wherever. You know, what, um, you know what the right answer was to that, Phil? What's that? If only if they have health insurance. <laughs> oh, that's true. But it's England. So everyone has bad ah, health insurance. Good call. Good call. See, that's why aliens quit crashing in the United States. Health cost is too high. They can't afford they to be treated. crashing here anymore. 
<laughs> they got turned away at the door. They're, so <laughs> they're like, "Sir, my fucking arm's missing because we were in a UFO crash." I don't care, goddamn it! If you don't have health insurance, get the fuck out of here, sir, sir. Please stand behind that red wine, sir. <laughs> I know you little goddamn aliens. You never pay your goddamn premium. You just take off back to your home planet and leave us with the bill. <laughs> this is America, goddamn it. <laughs> so those uh, same water workers were apparently threatened and warned uh, not to talk about the things that they might have seen. Uh, this seems like a typical government thing, kind of scaring people into being quiet about the, what they were witnessing. Um, a, we a West Yorkshire resident, Brian Haslam, was traveling from Chef uh, was traveling from the Sheffield train station at 7:40 p.m. As he was approaching Barnsley, he witnessed what he called "quote a triangle-shaped object with lights all around it." Now that sounds more or less like a particular type of UFO you actually hear about quite a bit. The triangle. Yeah. I feel like you hear about the triangle a lot. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big one. Well, there's, what is there? The three major types are like the cigar shape, the triangle shape, and the saucer shape that yeah. a lot of people like. Those ones pretty much take care of like the majority of sightings. All right, serious question. Phil. You got a choice. You they're giving you a UFO. Which one are you taking? Which shape is uh is your calling card? I think that the uh the saucer shape. Okay. They seem to always go the fastest. Yeah. The triangle ones always go real slow. Right. And uh the cigar ones are probably don't move very fast <laughs> either, but I think that those little flying saucer ones, those might be the uh the little transport ships, like the little, you know, so maybe the like ones. maybe like the cigar, right? Like maybe that's like mm -hmm. a Hyundai, okay? And then perhaps in my mind I'm envisioning the flying saucer as maybe like the the mid-size, like maybe it's a GMC, maybe a Buick, and then the yeah. triangle, maybe it's not as fast, but it's for luxury. Maybe that's like a Cadillac or like a a BMW or something like that. That's what I'm envisioning in my head. Yeah. And kind of like uh, if you think about like a cruise ship, yeah. it's going to be really big and really hard to turn, not very fast. But they do have a great buffet. That is true. Gordon <laughs> Ramsay's up there and just fucking. <laughs> He's julianning <laughs> everything. Yeah. <laughs> Human flesh Julian. <laughs> uh, anyway, now just two hours after the man on the train sighting about 9.30 p.m., a radio radio journalist for the Halam FM radio station was in his car overlooking the Peak District. Now, he was there studying or reporting on the Hale-Bopp comment when he suddenly heard a what he described as a loud humming noise over his vehicle. He claimed it lasted only a few seconds, then faded away. Then a few seconds later, it returned and hovered slightly longer, and then it moved away again. I don't know if maybe this guy or the UFO is checking out this guy for some fucking reason. Um, now that I just mentioned the Hale Bop comment. I was about to say that. I was going to yeah. say, do you think this was like right around when Heaven's Gate committed suicide? It must have been. Hale Bop. So I remember when I was saying before that I was pretty sure that there was a lot like an increase in UFO sightings this time. I think that one of the theories is actually Hale Bop. Really? Okay. The Heaven's Gate people actually believe that there was a UFO trailing Hale Bob that was going to take them to wherever, Nike yeah. Heaven. <laughs> I can tell you from every time I've heard them, people, they are, uh, they're, they're uh, nuts. They're very yeah. nuts. But, uh, but yeah, whatever. I guess if that's a religious belief, that's a religious belief. Now to each their own. <laughs> they didn't want their testicles anyway. <laughs> They could have at least gotten used Nikes, not brand new ones. Come on, guys. They yeah. did. I do remember, if I remember right, they did all have meatloaf and vodka before they perished. So I guess they went out on a high note. Yeah. <laughs> well, for those guys, it was probably the highest note of their life. I doubt they had much going for them. <laughs> all right. Now, the next witness, um, she apparently wanted to remain anom anonymous. So she decided uh, they referred to her as Emma Maidenhead, 
which if that was your real name, that's pretty fucking badass. Now, anyway, uh, she would recall two military jets passing low over her house that night. She heard a humming noise and went in, uh, went to her be- uh, bedroom window. There she saw what she described as a, a triangle with its corners cut off flying over the street below, very similar to the other guy. She would recall it having pink lights on the front and blue lights all around it. So apparently this Emma Maidenhead was seeing basically the same thing that the other gentleman was seeing, um, which is very peculiar. Now, the final one was just after 10 p.m., an 81-year-old pensioner would report a cigar-shaped object over the moors that glowed brightly. Um, They claimed that it was heading towards the nearby Strines Inn. Uh, not that that's really important, but, uh, apparently it's weird that one, two of them saw a triangle object and then this person was seeing a cigar shaped object. Could it be possible? Maybe there's multiple UFOs here or was it just maybe if a triangle one's on its side, it looks like a cigar shape. You know what I mean? It could be. I mean, an 81 year old, maybe their (laughs) eyesight wasn't that good. Kind of. Saw something, yeah. You know? It could have been a fucking falcon for all we know. Yeah. Well, I have heard also that like it's not like they can physically change their shapes, but it's almost like telepathically, like they can make you see something else. Yeah. So I've maybe heard- they just make you see a different object for different people. Yeah, I've heard this theory before. Like they they kind of admit. I don't know, what do they call it, like a psychic emission into your mind and you kind of see what they're projecting you to see? Yeah. I was literally watching uh, the Skinwalker documentary the other, or like literally last night, and the one guy was, he was outside of his house and he saw something weird flying in the background. And he basically, what he was claiming that in his mind, something was like basically telling him Hey, head back inside because your fam you need to be with your family. Almost like the thing was telepathically giving this guy messages to basically just ignore it and go back inside. Um yeah. which is kind of interesting. Hey buddy, none of your business. Go get <laughs> fucked for a minute. <laughs> we'll be done in a second. I think your wife wants to make love with you right now. I think you should go do that. Ah, huh, I should go do that. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, the Cowboys are about to score a touchdown. <laughs> you should probably get inside now. <laughs> I didn't even know the Cowboys were playing tonight. <laughs> God, hot damn. Hot damn. <laughs> anyway, uh, so now we move on to the possible explanations section of the episode. Um, we'll start off with probably the maybe one of the more uh, logical explanations that it was some sort of a military ex, uh, exercise or maybe a possible secret military experimental plane. Um, some claim that the sonic boom could have been caused by this, you know, experimental plane. Uh, maybe the military plane crashed and they were attempting to cover it up that it crashed. Uh, some believe that it was actually maybe an unmanned remote aircraft that they were testing out that crashed. Um, But the one thing that a lot of people say about this is that the RAF was very lackadaisical about even getting out there to look at the crash. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Something weird. You did say that when they cordoned off like that area, like the no fly zone area, you said it was like 10 miles, right? 10 miles. Yep. In my head, when I right when I heard that ten miles, I was thinking like, how long is like a debris field for something that's going Mach one? And I was thinking like, ooh, that could be like ten miles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it would a sha- long debris field yeah. for something breaking up. Yeah, it would definitely throw shrapnel fucking everywhere. Oh yeah. So I don't know how much credence you want to give to that. I guess that's the most logical thing, but it makes you wonder why. I mean, it kind of makes sense why they would be like, okay, get get ready for casualties. Because if they thought one of their planes went down, maybe some of the military men would have been hurt. Or you would assume they would have been hurt. Unless they're like, well, they're all dead, so we don't really need to take them to the hospital. But, yeah. Uh, I, I, you would have to, you'd have to assume that 
you could possibly save one though. So getting pe- getting the hospitals ready to you know receive casualties. Yeah. Do you think I don't know how England handles their military, obviously, but do you think if they had some of their soldiers die in a plane crash, they would have tried to like sweep it under the rug and not want the public to know about it? Um, if it was, I mean, you got to think it's probably mostly the same as like what America would do if we were testing out secret aircraft. Um, so, I mean, obviously you can't, there's going to be a family involved. That's what I'm saying. Like someone's going to be like, you'd have to tell them something. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like wouldn't people be like, why is Billy not calling anymore? Like not hearing from anymore? Like. But what is the reason that they've just up and vanished, more or less? <laughs> Billy missed three Christmases in a row. Like, what's going on? <laughs> he's in vacation. We, he's having a great time in Ibiza. Like, we tell you this. Like, he's yeah. living his best life, ma'am. He's living his best life. Yeah. No, he's just he's just all fucking doped up and just having a ball. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now the the next explanation is probably the most silly but it might be my favorite now the leading ufologist on this particular case is named max burns okay i don't know if he can get a more generic british name but anyway um what he believes is that the ufo came in it was traveling um low in the air and the raf sent out their jets to intercept it now, that might be where the sonic boom is coming from. Now, he yep. thinks possibly the RAF shot down the UFO or that they had some sort of a battle and the UFO was taken down and then it crashed, then made the sonic boom. And now, Burns claims that he has talked to a insider that was working the UFO or was working the radar at the RAF Lipton upon Oos. Um, you ever heard of that base? No. L- Linton upon Oos or some shit like that. Now, he claims that this insider told him specifically that at 9.55 p.m. they found a, uh, a blip popped up on the radar of an unknown crash, which remained there for 10 minutes. Then it just suddenly vanished. So, according to this guy, he had the inside info from somebody working the radar. Now, that particular Air Force base, they claim that the radar wasn't even operational that night. What do you give That's, What do you give credence on that, uh, that it just wouldn't well, even be working? Just to say, oh, no, it. Uh, we didn't even have, uh, we had the popcorn machine plugged in at the time. <laughs> like, there's no way that the radar, you know, there's no way. That's such bullshit. <laughs> of course they had the radar on. They're, it, they're worried about fucking Russians. Yeah, they had the radar on. Like, I don't think they're going to be like fucking private, uh, I can't even think of a generic British name. Private Williams decided to unplug the radar so he could make his late night fucking toaster strudels. I don't think that's happening. Yeah. Like, I think no. that's an, an important piece of equipment that you just don't turn off. Wait, what time did you say it was? No, no, we were all out having a smoke at that time. No one was even looking at the radar. Yeah. No, we 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 didn't see it. Didn't see nothing to see here. <laughs> well, technically, Keep- if we want to be like British people, we have to call it an F word. But we're not going to say that word on this show, are we? <laughs> oh. <laughs> we, well, that- if you do it, if you... If you say it in a British accent, though, you can get away with that. No, I, I don't think we should do it anyway. Well, probably not. But uh, wouldn't that be fucking badass if a UFO is coming in and then the RAF just fucking blew it out of the sky? That'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of stories about Russians actually um, shooting UFOs out of the sky and uh, like getting their technology. But <laughs> I could see you would it. think that they'd be worried about causing like a fucking inner stellar war the russians the russians i don't think they're worried about that no that's probably true as long as they leave their vodka alone they don't give a fuck (laughs) we'll we'll grow our potatoes and drink our borscht (laughs) as long as we can have vodka we're all fine (laughs) they're like the aliens are coming way too close to our vodka vault dude you come anywhere within that 
nuclear weapons and stuff, go ahead. Look at all that. You come near the vodka vault, you're going to get fucking <laughs> shot down. I'll tell you that right fucking now, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So um, last couple here. Uh, this is probably the one that most people lean on the heaviest and that it was uh, drug smugglers. Now, a, a lot of citizens claim that this particular air, area in the moors, drug smugglers will fly over and then they just basically drop the load off. Um, and now some believe uh, believe that the aircraft flies low, drops its load off, and then the sonic boom noise that they heard was once the drugs hit the ground, they launch off like a firework or like a flare or like something basically to let people know that the package has been dropped. Do you know what I mean? Let the feds know exactly where it is. That's smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they have their mules out there in the woods waiting for it, they could probably That's intercept true. it. But the real question is, why would the military care so much about a drug drop? Um, That's a good question. Uh, actually, the weird thing is, I think that that's how they used to deliver like cocaine to the U.S. Was they used in the like the Everglades, like the swamps in Florida? They used to like dump it out of their plane. Yeah, like out in the swamps out there. So, well, they that they, does make sense. They do say that this area is known for drug smugglers to be dropping their uh, narcotics out that way. So, yeah. But it's still, um, it still doesn't explain like the triangle shape or the cigar shape. But then again, if it was a low flying plane in the middle of the night, maybe they had a few, you know, whatever beers. Uh, maybe they're seeing a, seeing something a little different than what it actually is, or maybe the yeah. drug drug plane crashed in there. That could be too. Um, well, you do hear a lot about like when there's like one sighting, other people will kind of like piggyback on. Be like, oh, yeah, I seen it, too. You know, <laughs> you do hear a lot about that. We've talked about that before. I people who piggyback. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, now I'm wondering, Phil, how many people in Britain have a southern accent? Yeah, you keep. I was thinking more Kentucky wise. Like, <laughs> yeah, I seen it. <laughs> I seen that goddamn devil shit flying above my skies. I told him, get out of here, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I pulled my Bible out and I waved it at him. I said, get out of here, Satan. <laughs> it's weird. I pulled my Bible out and that fucker just blew up all the sky. I knew he's worked for the devil. <laughs> Power of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Leroy. Thank you for all your help. Uh, uh, now we um, oh, I was going to say, uh, yeah, I don't know exactly if like the British have like a special like agency that takes care of drugs. So possibly their military, you know, if they had planes coming in from like Europe or Africa dropping off drugs, then maybe the military would, you know, handle that. But that that's the other thing. Okay, let's say theoretically it was a drug drop or it was a, a smuggler's plane that crashed. Would they hide that from the public? Uh, No, you would think that they would like put that all over the newspapers. That's what I'm saying. Like what? It's just weird that they... They set up a containment zone, no fly zone, and then just it was just an ice. It was just a sonic boom. That's all it was. Like there's nothing else. Like that that whole thing just seems very weird. Like I do, I just feel like something has to happen for a sonic boom to happen. Like I don't think they just like you don't just wake up and there's a sonic boom outside your door. It could be one of those crappy like. um Van Damme movies where uh, <laughs> it turns out the cops are like running protection for the drug smugglers and that that's why be. none of it got out. You know what? Police corruption's everywhere, so I, I don't I don't know. That's true. All right, so let's go on to the very, very last explanation and probably the most plausible is that the legendary figure Barry Satiro was sent on a mission to take down UFOs and presumably save the Earth from a potential alien invasion. Um, he's doing good this time. He got in his Deglaca. He went up there. He fucked the UFOs up, shot them down. He said, all right, all right, I've cleaned up my mess. He got out of there and him and Chef Ramsay enjoyed a nice lamb chop. Jeez, he did something good for once. <laughs> Apparently. They must have had to pay quite the price <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love barry satiro He's... i wonder what they paid him in i bet it's like palladium they some <laughs> weird fucking alien currency made out of like fucking radioactive metal 
Well, I don't think the aliens would have paid him if he shot him out of the sky. Yeah, but it's all that Barry Satira would accept, though. Well, if he's a reptilian, he probably wants, like, a human to eat or something like that. Yeah. Something. <laughs> he wants blackened, like, uh, fucking calf meat or something. <laughs> Could I? I would, I'd like the leg fat of a large woman, please. <laughs> it's the best. He'd be like, don't make sure you don't over-season it. <laughs> all right, Phil. So... Now that we've gotten through through all of this, um, give me give me your percentages. What do you think this is? Uh well, honestly, the uh, the drug drop thing sounds pretty cool. Um, I'm going to say you always have to give Barry Satiro a chance, so oh, yeah. I'm going to give him one percent. Okay. Uh it does sound a little bit like. Um, kind of like a military aircraft like crash or a some kind of test aircraft, something that they couldn't tell the public about. Yeah. So I'm going to give that one probably 30 to 40, but I do like the drug thing. So I'll give that one like 10. Yeah. You don't. You, okay. No percentages for you thinking it's aliens at all. Uh, I'll give that one two. Yeah. So you just think, yeah, this incident probably has a uh, logical explanation. Yeah. Um. I mean, it is kind of, it's crazy that like so many they had like so many eyewitnesses, but like word of mouth, it's not like all those eyewitnesses came forward right away. Like word of mouth, like the game of telephone yeah. was uh, able to like be in place so much that like the third dude you mentioned said it was a cigar and not a diamond not or a, a triangle. triangle. Yeah, so. I, th- I I think that's the peculiar thing about this whole case is obviously the police calls were flooding in, but like the eyewitness accounts were obviously taken after the fact. Uh, but what is yeah. really interesting is that this coincides with other UFO events that were happening in 1997 um, on top of apparently the fucking Heaven's Gate people killing themselves. Um, and so, Hail Bop. Yeah. yeah, Hail Bop and all that. So, But I think in the end... I. I think the drug runners is a pretty good explanation, but I don't think they would hide that from the public. So I think it more than likely was most likely a fucking military experiment or something like that. But in my heart of hearts, I really hope that the uh, the RAF and a UFO did battle. I think that would be the most metal thing. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's good for the British to get a win every once. In- <laughs> hey, they've had plenty all right they've uh, had plenty yeah all right now if people want to actually if any of our british listeners were alive when this happened or remember it uh please god email us and tell us about it or message us on instagram now phil if they want to the email us on instagram or i'm sorry email us on gmail where can they do that uh they can hit us up on our email subliminal d podcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you guys uh any kind of hate mail you want to give us for making fun of english people that would also be great uh they could hit us up on instagram subliminal deception podcast on ig Uh, that's actually the best way to get a hold of us Uh, i check that multiple times a day so we also have our own personal ones uh mine is sd pod phil i never check it and I never post anything to it. Cody, you've got a couple? Yeah, you can follow my personal Instagram. That is Cody Zabub. I noticed a few people have been following me lately. Thank you for that. Uh, you can check out my other podcast. Uh, that is Bumblebutt Podcast. Search for that on your favorite pod listening device. Um, I've heard Podcatcher. I don't really like that very much. But anyway, uh, the last thing we need you to do is to log on to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review. Write whatever you want. Write uh, that we made fun of the British too much. Uh, write your favorite soccer team. We don't really give a fuck. As long as it's a five-star and says something. It doesn't really matter what. But anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll be back next week with another killer conspiracy. And that'll do for me. It was a great episode, Cody. Really uh, really hit the spot there. (laughs) We've been starving for some alien shit, so we're glad we could deliver it. That's true. It has been at least, I think, ten episodes, but it's a a good one. Nice change. Alright, thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys.